0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1877, Assessing Your Financial Health, part one, by Chris Mamula of CanIRetireYet.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. I have a bit of a longer post today, so I'll read the first half and then finish the rest for you tomorrow. So with that, let's dive into part one and start optimizing your life. Assessing Your Financial Health, Part 1 by Chris Mamula of CanIRetireYet.com. I achieved financial independence in my early 40s when I was still mostly ignorant of traditional ways of assessing financial health. A high savings rate can cover for a lot of mistakes and ignorance. In my CFP coursework, I recently learned a number of measurements of financial wellness. Much of this information is new to me. As our family enters a new phase of life with less income and thus less margin for error, I'm going to start tracking some of these metrics. They include assessments of total wealth, liquidity, debt burden, savings rate, and retirement preparedness. Others in a similar position may wanna do the same. Understanding and tracking these metrics may also be helpful to those earlier on the path to financial independence. Determining net worth. Net worth equals total assets minus total liabilities at a specific point in time. A net worth statement is easy to prepare, yet in my personal finances, I've never bothered to create one. I'm very debt averse, so I never had many liabilities to worry about. Our primary concern was amassing invested assets that could support our living expenses. I accounted for our daughter's college savings separately. We mostly ignored the value of our home, cars, jewelry, etc. Going forward, I'll do an annual net worth statement. Net worth is a good measure of your overall financial health and is the way to measure total wealth. Tracking your net worth periodically demonstrates how much your wealth is growing or not over time. Our net worth statement is also where we obtain information for other measures of our financial health. To determine your net worth, first determine number one, liquid assets, your checking, savings, money markets, etc. Number two, investment assets, taxable, retirement, college savings, etc. And number three, the fair market value of personal assets. Like your home, car, jewelry, collectibles, etc. List these assets from most to least liquid. Sum the subtotal of each of these three subcategories of assets. Then add these values to determine your total asset value. Next, determine total liabilities. They consist of the sum of current liabilities and long term liabilities. Current liabilities are debt payments and estimated taxes due in the next year. Long term liabilities are any debt obligations that will take longer than a year to pay off, like the remainder of a mortgage, car loan payments, student loans, etc. Assessing liquidity. Liquidity has two components they're the ability to convert an asset to cash, number one, quickly, and number two, without the potential for a price concession. A checking account is very liquid. An ETF or mutual fund in a taxable account is less liquid. It could be sold quickly, but with risks that you may have to sell when its value is down. Your primary residence is not liquid because it could take months or years to sell, and market conditions at that time make the exact value you would receive unknowable. Two useful metrics of liquidity are the current ratio and the emergency fund ratio. Current Ratio. Current Ratio equals liquid assets divided by current liabilities. The recommended target ratio is 1.0 to 2.0. Using this ratio forces you to look at your liabilities. It allows you to better customize your planning as opposed to following general rules of thumb, such as having an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses when working or holding one to three years of cash in retirement to ride out bear markets. As noted earlier, we're debt averse. We have no debt other than credit cards, which we use to earn travel rewards. We pay them off monthly. Property taxes on our home are relatively low. Our current ratio is several multiples of what's considered healthy, even though we don't hold a lot of cash. In contrast, some people argue for not paying off a mortgage and using debt to finance cars with low interest rates, even heading into lower income retirement years. Assessing liquidity suggests that if following these strategies, you should hold more liquid investments and accept the low interest associated with them. The alternative is to accept more risk that you'll have to sell assets at depressed prices. Emergency fund ratio. Emergency fund ratio equals liquid assets divided by monthly non-discretionary living expenses. The recommended ratio depends on your circumstances. A general rule of thumb is to have three to six months of expenses in an emergency fund. A family with dependent children and a single high earner may want to have 12 months of expenses saved. A retiree may want to have several years in liquid assets. I appreciate the emphasis on non-discretionary expenses in this definition. I encourage you to put serious thought into that as you look at your spending. If a large percentage of your spending is on luxuries like travel, restaurant meals, charitable giving, et cetera, that you could temporarily eliminate or do for less cost, you may need less liquid assets in an emergency fund. If most of your spending goes to necessities and liabilities you've committed to, you'll need more liquid savings or be willing to accept more risk of having inadequate liquidity. Assessing debt levels. Our household has always been debt averse, maybe to a fault, so I won't be spending much time with the following measures in our personal planning unless our approach evolves over time. I realize that our approach is rare in today's world and possibly extreme even in the population of financially literate people hearing this blog. So let's review a couple of measures to help you assess whether the amount of debt you hold is healthy. We'll also examine one debt metric that's important for all of us to understand. Debt to asset ratio. Debt to asset ratio equals total liabilities divided by total assets. There's no recommended healthy ratio. Rather, this is a good number to monitor over time to track your progress. Generally, a ratio that is trending lower over time is desirable. This could be a helpful measure of your progress if you're investing while simultaneously paying off debt because this measure, like net worth, incorporates both assets and liabilities. It's also a useful measure for those who will maintain debt into retirement. You likely will have less income than in your working years and assets will be needed to pay any liabilities long-term debt coverage ratio. Hear that on tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Assessing Your Financial Health by Chris Mamula of CanIRetireYet.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's monarchmone dot OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. I appreciated that Chris started with net worth, as this is the main thing I look at to assess my financial health. Before I knew anything about money management and personal finance, the only number I thought about was my income. But if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that income is only one piece of the equation. If you spend everything you earn, you're doing nothing for your financial health. I also used to think that having a high credit score meant that I was doing well financially but you could be drowning in debt with a fantastic credit score if you make payments on time and have a low utilization of your overall available credit. While I do include my home in my net worth, I don't include any possessions like a car or jewelry, etc. This is because I don't own much of value and it's simpler to not include it. While I think that net worth is a useful number to monitor, remember that it's a moment in time and it will fluctuate with the valuation of your assets. You want to see an upward trend over the long run, but many people freak out if they see their net worth decrease due to a stock market correction. Remember to focus on the pieces of your net worth that you can control, which include buying assets and keeping your liabilities low. Well, that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day and a great weekend, and I'll see you on the Sunday show tomorrow where we'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits.